You're listening to The Public Sector Show by Tech Tables, a podcast dedicated to sharing human-centric stories from CIOs and technology leaders across the city, county, state, and federal agencies, joining in the conversation and touching the hearts and minds of leaders across technology today. From mission-driven leadership to cloud, AI to cybersecurity, workforce challenges, and more, never miss insights from peers and vendor partners across the public sector. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to techtables.com and drop your email to subscribe. New podcast episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday, along with weekly behind-the-mic newsletter. And one of today's podcast sponsors is Tech Tables Plus, an engaging new community where you can have early access to never-before-released episodes, early access to live event recordings, early access to weekly three interesting learnings, early access to live event ticket purchases, no episode ads, and more, plus three extra special bonuses when you sign up today. Bonus number one, access to the CEO show. Bonus number two, access to the Higher Ed Show. And bonus number three, access to the Digital Show. Join Tech Tables Plus today. As always, thank you for supporting the Tech Tables Network. Today we have Ramundo Rodolfo, Director of Innovation and Technology at the City of Coral Gables. Ramundo, welcome to the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for having me. Uh, and before we begin, today's episode is sponsored by the Nagaro Public Sector. Nagaro Public Sector excels at helping senior technology leaders in digital disruption from cloud to AI to big data and digital product engineering to system integration work across platforms. To learn more about Nagaro, check out nagaro.com. All right, Ramundo, the city of Coral Gables was founded by George Merrick, also the founder of the University of Miami. I actually didn't know that when I was researching for this episode, who was also a real estate developer and builder of one of the first major planned communities in the United States in the early 1920s. Coral Gables has a very rich history. I've never actually been, but I am very excited on my next trip to Florida. I will have to make it down to the Miami area and head over there and and check out Coral Gables. So I am pretty pumped on that. Ramundo, for those who aren't familiar with the city itself, could you maybe talk about George's vision of a planned community and how you're taking that vision and living it out today through your smart city initiatives. Thank you, Joe. We are strategically located in the center of Miami-Dade County. So we are a neighbor of the city of Miami, the well-known city in our county. And our city, because it is strategically located at the center of the county, we get a lot of traffic. We get weekly, we get, we know, we know because we have smart city sensors. So we know that we have approximately like 1 million vehicles commuting weekly through our city, even though our city has approximately 51,000 residents. But we are the home of the University of Miami, like you were mentioning. And then we are a planned community with a rich history and a lot of landmarks, like well-known, like the Venetian Pool or the Fairchild Botanical Garden or the Billmore Hotel that are visited by international you know, tourists and visitors throughout the year. So we grow in terms of visitors, students, uh, 17,000 students that come to the University of Miami and also thousands of students that come to Coral Gables High School, uh, many of them from other locations in our county. And we have 140 multinational international headquarters uh, in, of the Americas in Coral Gables. So you will find Monte or HBO for the Americas or ESRI for the Americas or IBM. Those big headquarters in Coral Gables bring a lot of workers and visitors every day to our central business district approximately like 200,000 workers and visitors daily. So for that reason, everything we do in our city has a regional impact, has an impact in terms of quality of life, 
public safety transportation in, in this uh, beautiful county. And Mr. Merrick had a great vision, like you mentioned already, so of a planned community with excellent municipal services, good quality of life, but also he had the vision of founding the university, having a research institution for innovation, for education. And, but also he founded the Chamber of Commerce that same year. So he had a vision for business and economic growth and for jobs. So that holistic vision, I feel, that came, by the way, from the City Beautiful movement of the 1800s, the Garden City movement. So this is a city that has a large tree canopy and is Tree City USA for many years. But also being part of those movements and the Mediterranean Revival Architectural Movement, the city over the years, we have carried over that vision and that mission of providing excellent customer service. But at the same time, we have joined this movement of uh, smart cities. And I have the feeling that we have done it in alignment with that foundational vision. When I was researching for this podcast, you came and expecting to be like only there for two years. And now I think you're on <laughs> 18, 18 years. Well, what, I what started did, in what the did you like 90s. so much? Yeah, what did you like so much? 18 years, that's a long time. I don't know. I can tell you today, I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful to this organization for the great opportunity to, to work in this city and also having the support from the city leaders and from the community, but the opportunity to build an amazing team and to learn so much. I have learned so much. I started my career early in the 90s, in 1993 or 94. I was an engineer in the telecommunications industry. So I work with companies like Siemens and Motorola and Bell, and Bell South. And after 10 years in the industry, you know, I moved to Florida and then I got a job at a telecommunications company in North Miami Beach. And then I had a long commute and then they were looking for a, a network analyst type of position here in Corregueos. And I said, you know what? I have never worked in the public sector and I will give it a try. No? And then always when you are trying a new sector, a new industry, you say, okay, and minimally, I will work maybe two or three years and I will see how that takes me from there. And then those two or three years initially became 18 years and I'm the CIO now and I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to build an infrastructure from the ground up with a great team, build also a human capital, a human infrastructure that is the most important capital that we have, that amazing team that has been delivering all these great projects and great services to our citizens over, over the years. I love that. And at the end of this episode, we are going to talk about the award that you received at Gartner, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that. But before that, you're a you're a huge advocate for smart cities, just like my friend Mark Wheeler. Shout out to Mark Wheeler. Yeah. My son, fun fact, actually thinks Mark Wheeler is Obi Wan Kenobi from Star Wars. So I let him know, and he was getting a, he was getting a good laugh out of that one. But you love taking what you said. This is perfect. Customer first, citizen first approach. I love that. How do you go about listening to what the citizens actually want and care about before you move on projects? That is a great question. So in any sector, in any industry, in any vertical, you work for your customers, you work for your community, for your stakeholders and your constituents. And if you're in the private sector, so if you don't take care of customer satisfaction and Keep your customers happy, you are not profitable. You don't stay in business long. In the public sector, we bring that entrepreneurial mindset that is customer first, it's citizen first. So we are constantly have to listen to the voice of the customer, something that we learned from industrial engineering and from Lean Six Sigma and process improvement and mentality is that customer first, 
That's everything that you do it for your customers. So how do you listen to the voice of the customer? In different industries, you have many methodologies. We have imported some of those methodologies from the industry in the way how we listen to, the, to our citizens, our residents, our businesses, our visitors. They are all our customers. And those million commuters that they go through Coral Gables every week, they are our customers too, regardless of if they live or work or do anything in Coral Gables, or even if they are just in transit. Why? Because they, are, they also need public safety, transportation infrastructure. They need traffic safety. So we provide all those services to them. They are our customers too. And many of them come to do business in Coral Gables. So uh, with that mentality and that broad spectrum of what a customer is, so a customer is not only our residents or our employees, it's residents first, basically our tax, taxpayers and our citizens of Coral Gables. But also we have those businesses, those visitors, the workers of those businesses that they come to work in Coral Gables and the ecosystem that we have built around smart cities in Coral Gables. So all of them are our customers and everything we do for our community. And uh, with that mentality, basically we have had and alignment the needs and priorities of our citizens in everything we do. So every project that we do in smart cities is a strategic project that aligns with those needs. It can be a need about a reducing traffic congestion or reducing carbon emissions, improving citizen services, online services, or improving quality of life in public safety or public health or transportation or education, etc. You name it. The needs are many. And there are complexities in any urban area like ours. So we align with those needs and priorities. How do we listen to them? So there are traditional ways that government listens to their citizens that have been the same for centuries. Town halls, commission meetings. Now the city has a lot of citizen boards and committees that are made up citizens, made up of Gables. They actively engage and participate and their voice is heard, but also they are quasi-judicial boards that whatever is decided on those boards also forms part of the governance of the city. And we listen to those boards and we have sustainability advisory boards and we have communication boards and we have transportation boards and we have a advisory committee that advises also on themes related to innovation and to technology. So we listen to all those voices directly, the same way how for centuries government has listened to their engaged citizens. But besides that, we have incorporated a lot of technologies and we do service of multiple kinds. The city does a community service that are digital, are sent digitally, but also for accessibility and for inclusion are sent also in paper form to all the residents that the city can reach out to and receive in multiple ways, in paper or digitally. Anyway, how we can listen. Now, next generation of technology applied to citizen engagement and public sentiment analytics. We use artificial intelligence and machine learning to analyze the discourse that is in the digital media that is open to the public. And also we listen to media channels, everything with AI, using a public sentiment analytics platforms that constantly listen and we analyze that data. And also we share that data with the public in our smart city hub. If you go to our situational awareness dashboards in our smart city hub public platform, you will find a public sentiment analytics dashboard that one of our software engineers in my department built using the APIs from the platforms we use to aggregate the data. And you will see those work clouds about topics, about issues. 
So we can listen neighborhood by neighborhood. The coastal neighborhoods, they worried a lot about flooding, about the environmental issues. The central business, and they care a lot about economic issues. Or northern neighborhood residents, they care a lot about public safety. So you have different voices, different discourses that we actively listen to. Yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. You jumped a little bit to my next question, which was talking about data. <laughs> I'm not going to ask it because you, you basically answered it, which is great. To piggyback off of what you just said, there are actually a, a, a lot of really great resources. So the city of Coral Gables has a great resource called the Smart City Digital Library, which lists basically everything. And so I was like, okay, there's a lot here. There's maybe 30 or 40 different things on this webpage. Then I started thinking about what... I was really curious, what are like two to three of your like most favorite resources on that page that you would direct people to first? I would say the first two in the page, if I remember correctly, are the Smart City Hub public platform and the Digital Twin integration platform. Those are live environments with live data, live resources that allow all the stakeholders in our ecosystem to connect and to learn or to actually use those tools, open data, IoT, sensor data from traffic, from the environment, also geospatial resources that are interactive and 3D applications. So all those things are in those two platforms, the Smart City Hub and the Digital Twin. And I would say if you want to learn more about our journey, I always direct people to read our bulletin, which is pretty much, it's a, it's a humble publication, I would say, that we put together with all the stories over the years when we started this journey after we built the foundational infrastructure for broadband and communications in our city then we moved toward building that those smart capabilities and we started around i would say 2013 2014 so if you read that bulletin it has a lot of pages and if you go to the last page it starts chrono chronologically in around 2014 when we started that journey and we did our first mobile labs for parking, for smart parking, for public transportation, etc. So you will see a little bit of an evolution throughout the years. So those three resources, I would say, would paint a good picture of our journey. I love that. After this podcast, I'm going to definitely check those out. And I'm going to link all of those in the show notes. Super excited about that. The city of Coral Gables was honored by Gartner as an example of how to use intelligent connected infrastructure. We were talking about this earlier to enable faster and safer movement affordably at Gartner IT Symposium. I was there. It was a ton of fun. Tell us more about that award and what you learned from everything that you've learned from connected infrastructure that, that maybe other CIOs aren't looking at or maybe missing right now. I think they would love to hear those insights and lessons from you. We are grateful to Gartner for the acknowledgement of our programs and also for their advice. They are a big IT consulting firm in the world and we have learned over the years a lot from their experts and from their analysts. And in, par in particular, that recognition that they did at the IT Expo, the IT conference in Orlando and other countries where they do the same CIO summit. And in particular came from two or three papers that they published about some of our initiatives. They published a paper maybe three years ago, great experts that they have in a smart city space Bettina Trats Ryan from their Europe operations from uh, Germany, and also Bill Finnerty based in the US. Two great experts. They have, I think, written or authored two or three papers 
where they have one was dedicated to Cora Gables and Infinity and Bettina Trasryan. They published two or three papers. One was dedicated to Cora Gables to our smart city initiatives. And one was dedicated to our process improvement initiatives where we save costs, basically. With cost savings, we get very creative because we have a limited budget and we use those resources to the maximum. They wrote a paper about that and they published also papers about our smart infrastructure like poles and kiosks. So they said that's the, start, the starting point of, of Gartner taking notice of what we do in Corregables, besides our relationship also over the years with their advisors. And then after that paper was published, also in that time, we participated in an award that they have that is called Ion Innovation. In the Gartner Ion Innovation Award, we were one of the finalists, one of the three or four finalists in the Americas, I think. And then, so after that came that recognition because uh, in that award, they recognized our intelligent and connected infrastructure which consists of cyber-physical systems like smart lights, like traffic sensors, environmental sensors, and all those systems that are part of our IoT uh, layer in our stack of engineering and infrastructure. And what is the value of that? So I would say some of the first projects that we did related to cyber-physical infrastructure, IoT, sensing infrastructure for smart cities were around 2014. And we started at the time with CCTV cameras throughout the city. We did it for public safety mostly, but then uh, those same CCTV cameras and optical sensors like automated uh, license plate readers or red light cameras or speed sensors, all those sensors related to public safety that we started at the time, they started to be used for more than just public safety, for more than policing. We started using them for traffic engineering. We started using AI, computer vision, and also a machine learning to analyze fits from optical sensors and use it to count pedestrians, to count vehicles, and multimodal traffic, to get insight for traffic engineering, for urban planners, for businesses. And then the Smart City Hub came uh, when we developed that platform in 2016, and we started aggregating all that data and insight and presenting it to the public in a transparent way. So that's how I would say that the biggest value came you know, from sharing the data uh, from that actionable insight that we are getting from sensors. And that's the ICI infrastructure that Gartner noticed that we have been using over the years and the impact in quality of life, which is very important, and economic growth as well. That is really great insight. As we wrap this up, this is just a question that came to the top of my head right here. I was curious, if you had to pick one, what's your favorite use case for smart? I've been to CES in Las Vegas. And so I've got to see a lot of smart city projects and POCs over the years. But I was curious if you had to pick one top of mind right now on the fly, what's your, what would be your favorite use case for, for smart city? Smart city is about improving quality of life for our citizens. And some of our use cases, the ones that I like the most are the ones that have a, a quicker impact in quality of life that you apply a technology and you see an impact right away. So our cyber-physical infrastructure, like smart lights, we have seen a quick impact, reducing crime more than 40%, reducing traffic accidents and crashes more than 40%, improving traffic. So I would say my favorite use case of a smart city technology is the one that has the highest impact, the quick wins and the quick and the ROI, high ROI. And I would say that anything related to computer vision and cyber-physical system that we have done in the city, I have seen that impact like 
finding a missing child in just two minutes in the middle of a crowded event. And one, not one time, multiple times this has happened. And preventing accidents because traffic engineers use insight from data to better design roads and intersections and prevent accidents. So those kind of things to me are the ones that matter the most, the ones that really impact quality of life uh, quicker with high ROI. High ROI, high impact, touching lives. I love that. Well, thank you to Ramundo for coming on and the audience can connect, connect with you on LinkedIn. I'm going to link to City of Coral Gables newsletter, Digital Hub, everything we talked about in the show notes. Thank you for coming on the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables, and I uh, really appreciate the time. Thank you, Joe, so much. You're listening to the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables, a podcast dedicated to sharing human-centric stories from CIOs and technology leaders across the city, county, state, and federal agencies, joining in the conversation and touching the hearts and minds of leaders across technology today. From mission-driven leadership to cloud, AI to cybersecurity, workforce challenges, and more, never miss insights from peers and vendor partners across the public sector. And to make sure you never miss an episode, head over to techtables.com and drop your email to subscribe. New podcast episodes come out every Tuesday and Thursday, along with weekly behind-the-mic newsletter. And one of today's podcast sponsors is Tech Tables Plus, an engaging new community where you can have early access to never-before-released episodes, early access to live event recordings, early access to weekly three interesting learnings, early access to live event ticket purchases, no episode ads, and more, plus three extra special bonuses when you sign up today. Bonus number one, access to the CEO show. Bonus number two, access to the higher ed show. And bonus number three, access to the digital show. Join Tech Tables Plus today. As always, thank you for supporting the Tech Tables Network.